This is your pal Daffy Duck, and you're watching. You're watching. We're watching. You're watching Fanboy. 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 Fanboy, etc. Fanboy Nation. Dot, I assume Tom. Today I have the pleasure of speaking with a man who is responsible for the Puppet Master franchise and now has taken us from dealing with Corona Zombies to saving the Tiger King and now into the third installment of Barbary and Kendra's Lives with Storming Area 51. Charles Best, how are you today? Oh, I'm, I'm sorry, good. Charles Band, how are you today? <laughs> but I am having the best day, so. That's okay. That's all right. All good. No, it's funny. I've been making movies for like freaking decades. So yeah, Puppet Master is definitely one of the more well-known franchises, but you can't forget Ghoulies and Reanimator and From Beyond and Troll and Subspecies and Metal Storm and blah, blah, blah. It's just like too many to rattle off. But yes, Barbie and Kendra. Uh, how did the franchise first begin? I know obviously with, with a pandemic going on in the world, there's some inspiration for that clearly. But now you're working with Full Moon Features, and this is the third installment. Is this going to stop as as a trilogy, or is this going to be like a full-fledged, you know, 20-picture franchise like Star Wars at some point? (laughs) Wow. The whole premise, again, this is not what we normally do. This this series, so to speak, is is born literally out of uh, the whole COVID situation. Um, The first movie was called Corona Zombies, and... Uh, we shot that and put that together on the eve of, of the breakout. We actually shot the day we needed um, with uh, the Barbie and Kendra characters on the first day of the lockdown here in L.A. And in 30 days, we pieced this crazy kind of fun, what's up, Tiger Lily inspired show um, and released it in March. So we were really early on. I mean, we can lay claim to being the first Corona exploitation movie, if you will. And, um, you know, and we've made two since then. The, the, the new one is coming out tomorrow. And, you know, they're funny. They're, they're, you know, we need humor so desperately in these recent months. Uh, we got some help from some people on Corona Zombies. Some people loved it. Some people said we suck because we're sort of exploiting a bad thing. And, you know, my attitude at the time and even more so now is, you know, we, we weren't, it wasn't about Corona Zombies eating people or it wasn't that. It was more of, a humorous take of how these ditzy chicks react to their world changing. And then ultimately the gimmick is because we, we just can't because of the pandemic go out and shoot a normal movie, five, 10, 15 days. We had to shoot something really quick. So the Barbie and Kendra material is kind of the bookend material in the sense that they then go to a, in the case of Corona zombies, they go to a low rent horror channel and watch an old weird zombie movie which I licensed the rights to, and much like Woody Allen's What's Up, Tiger Lily, we totally redid the soundtrack, the dialogue, made it funny and contemporary. So we sort of backed into kind of a cool formula, and then we did the same literally two months later with Barbie and Kendra, Save the Tiger King. That's when Tiger King was exploding and everyone was watching it. And I really wanted to get Joe Exotic uh, and bring him into the fold in some way. The only impediment was he's in the slammer, right? So you can't get to Joe. So I got the second most popular guy on the show, a fellow named John Rinke. He was a super nice guy. He's the guy with the robot legs who was the zookeeper. And we brought him into the, the movie with the girls and a Zoom call within the film. But then once again, the gimmick is, in the case of uh, Barbie and Kendra Save the Tiger King, they find a low-rent nature channel called um, BP, let's see, BPN, 
big pussy network. Yes, that's what it's called. And it, on that network, on that channel, they find the an origin story of Joe Exotic. And once again, we we license footage from a movie from the 60s called um, Terror in the Jungle. And in that movie, to our good luck, it's about this five-year-old kid, blonde kid, who holds a stuffed tiger through this whole misadventure in the jungle. So we, we cut it down, took out all the, the dialogue, all the music, and put in Leslie Jordan's voice, if you know who he is, very funny comedian and, and you know, Anyway, he's the voice of the five-year-old and he's cussing and saying crazy shit through the whole movie. And, you know, he, he encounters natives and fortune hunters. And so the girls, again, in this case, are watching this movie, you know, the origin of Joe Exotic. And we cut back and forth to them. And of course, there is a Corona zombie who pops into the scene. And so we established that formula. And I was looking for sort of the next event because it's all about something that is topical that people are talking about or worried about. Uh, it's not just you know, going back and finding some old random movie. And then I was thinking around this time, because I had to plan this a few months ago, it would be really cool um, to deal with these conspiracy theories, you know, not in a political way at all, because Full Moon has never been political, um, but in a way where people can laugh at everyone from flat earthers to, you know, people who are wearing tinfoil hats to protect their brains. So these it's called Barbie and Kendra Storm Area 51, and it's super funny. And we used, again, old footage from two movies this time mixed together. One is a movie I actually made that's so old that or old enough to kind of work. It's a movie that I made in the 70s called Daytime Ended with lots of stop motion animation and fun stuff. And the other movie um, is a is a um, kind of a space, sexy space movie made in the 60s called Space Thing. So we cobbled together material, again, brand new voices. And we have some celebrity voices, too. I'm not going to reveal who they are, but they're very recognizable. Because everyone's sitting at home, right? We're, we're, we're not working, pandemic, and can't shoot. So anyway, this comes out tomorrow, and it's just a lot of fun. It's not typical of Full Moon. And to answer your question in the most long-winded way ever, <laughs> we're waiting for the next event to make the next Barbie and Kendra movie. It, it just won't happen until something captures the world's attention, and then it'll be Barbie and Kendra. Basically, it's you know these two ditzy girls sort of trying to understand what's going on, but not really getting it. So we'll have to wait for the next, uh, the next, whatever happens here. Well, this past Tuesday was the Royal rumble, which is putting us on the road to WrestleMania. Um, <laughs> I don't think too many people realize that uh, political campaigns and professional wrestling both started on the carny scene. So, you know, the yep. tie in is there, but with your cast of, of Cody Cameron or Cody Renee Cameron and Robin Sidney, you know, these are two very talented women to play that stupid. You know, it, it's hard to play dumb, and they do it exceptionally well. <laughs> well, the model was a little bit like Romy and Michelle, that that sort of vibe. But, you know, they're both wonderful, and I've worked with, you know, uh, Cody in four or five films, and I've worked with Robin in like a dozen movies dating back to The Ginger Dead Man, where she got chased around a bakery by a pissed-off little ginger dead cookie with the voice of Gary Busey. So, you know, there's been quite a history with Robin, um, you know, also in the Evil Bong movies, you know, that kind of subgenre. So, uh, you know, but we also need to, uh, I mean, first, they really gel well together. And again, all the, the new photography because of COVID and restrictions and masks and a small crew, we shot in one day. So all the material of them having fun or being scared or in the first movie, Cody taking a shower clothes because she was freaked out. All that stuff is always shot in one day, and then it takes a month or two 
to construct that what they're watching. In this case, they're watching BP. No, B. Let's see. Um, it was pun. Uh, yeah, PUN. I'm sorry, <laughs> get a little mixed up. PUN, um, Probe U Network. It's the Probe U Network, and that's the conspiracy network. So we had to cobble together the material, completely write the script for that for those characters, new voices, new music. And then, of course, we're back and forth with them and their misadventures. So, you know, considering this was done basically from everyone's home, except for that one day of photography, I, I think it's a lot of fun. I think people will get a kick out of it. And a little laughter is needed. What's it like to take one of your own, your own movies, an original that you made so many years ago, and now spoof it into a, into a brand new project and franchise? Is it difficult to divorce yourself from the, from the original project? It, not at all. First of all, it's, I hate to say the number because I'm in denial. I think I'm in my forties. I shot that thing 43 years ago. So it's got enough age on it. Now some movies stand the test of time. I couldn't do that with Tourist Trap, also shot over 40 years ago. It's, it doesn't lend itself, but daytime ended even when we released it, it was a little goofy and a little not awesome, you know, even though it had cool special effects and all that stuff. So it was not difficult. We used some of the daytime ended. And a lot of space thing, which is just perfectly awful as a movie. And again, that was made in the sixties. So it, it, it somehow works, you know, I mean, I'll tell you, we, we took a little longer with this one because originally we had a different older movie that we were going to use and we, we couldn't quite make it work. You know, there's something about, you know, the dated movie and the characters and the silliness and the dialogue. But as far as, my being like in any way uncomfortable with it. Again, it depends on the movie, but one of my favorite mystery science theater movies, I have to say, is Laser Blast. It's their second most popular um, movie in their first series. And that's also a movie I made in the 70s with the little alien guys who come down to Earth and carelessly leave their laser gun and then a kid finds it and blows shit up. So I'd already seen one of my older movies made fun of in a, in a really cool way. So yeah, no, it's, it, it works. It's a very fun formula. Now we're finally, I, I sort of figured out a way how to get back into some really heavy production starting next month. So we're going to have a super aggressive production schedule. We're going back to, you know, Lovecraft, a lot of the franchises that uh, Full Moon is well known for. And people are going to, I think, be really entertained, but you got to subscribe to the freaking channel. You know, it's fullmoonfeatures.com. Um, you know, it's, it's an app. You can get it on. Roku or Apple or Xbox or Android. Um, so you can either do it that way or you can go to Amazon and, you know, Amazon also has our channel. The channels differ a bit where on our app, we can put up some more weird lurid stuff that we can't put up on Amazon, but all the main stuff we're making, all the full moon material is up on Amazon as well. So whether you subscribe as a prime member on Amazon or you can get the app on all the different devices, or just go to fullmoonfeatures.com. You can sign up and, uh, and then you can download the app, you know, wherever you watch your, your TV. So, uh, we're going to have a real good lineup and, you know, we are the exploitation channel. I mean, we can't compete with Shutter because they're owned by AMC and they've got a gazillion dollars. Uh, but we're not really trying to because Shutter is very much a horror channel. Whereas we, we, we feature horror, but we have sci-fi fantasy, Euro trash, sexy movies, blue underground movies, something weird movies, just, it's the exploitation channel. And that's what we're, I think, kind of unique in. Right. Well, that's what's make, making it fun. But what was that 60s movie you said that's in this one in uh, in um, Storming Area 51? 
Yes, it's called Space Thing. And once again, one of the things I've done to make this fun for the audience is you can find the original movies also on our channel. So you can watch Barbie and Kendra, and if you want to see a little bit of Space Thing, you know, in its original form, it's there. You can watch uh, Corona Zombies on our channel if you want to go and, and look for Hell of the Living Dead, which is a 40-plus-year-old Italian zombie movie. That's where a lot of the material came from, again, with the original track. So it's kind of fun to watch that as well. So it sounds like you're still having a good time with all of this. I mean, you have movies dating back, uh, you know, to the 70s, and, you, and you're still going strong. What is it about the exploitation genre that so many people seem to still be attracted to? Um, you know, especially in such politically correct times. Well, first, you know, it's immediate and we, we stand a chance of losing the remaining talented filmmakers and new filmmakers. If the few uh, streaming channels that are not Hulu and Netflix disappear like full moon or trauma, I mean, there was a great period uh, in the 80s, the 90s, where so many cool movies were made by real edgy new filmmakers because you could make a movie as long as it was, you know, in, in some sort of exploitation genre. You didn't spend too much money. When you released it on video, on VHS back in the old, old days and on DVD back in the old days, you would sell enough units, hopefully, to bring your money back and then make a few bucks. It worked well. That does not work on streaming. Streaming is, it works on as a mass sort of volume of films. They call it digital dimes. So it's, 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 I mean, yes, you could develop a script and go to Netflix and go to the de development process. And, you know, they started this. So to, they're to be commended, but it's a big, long people touching, feeling executives, scripts. I mean, it's, you wind up with a three, four, five million dollar low budget movie which could take a year or two. And none of that is fast and dirty the way we were able to make movies in the eighties and nineties, especially um, because there was a distribution network. People went to their local video store and they saw alien and predator. And then they saw puppet master. You know, I got on that same shelf and if you did a good job, you would do well enough. So all that's left today are the few independent streaming channels. And hopefully we'll find more ways to bring people in. Hopefully there'll be more subscribers so we can afford to make more movies and, give money to outside, you know, filmmakers, but at least it's a venue that is not so dissimilar to the video store. You know, this, we're sort of like a video store, um, but we need more subscribers to really, you know, be able to make movies, you know, closer to the budgets we made movies in, in the eighties and nineties when direct to video was terrific. Right. And the problem is that again, if, if these few streaming services like ours disappear and I don't plan to make that happen, I want this to be super successful. Then, it, the independent, the, 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 the sort of people who made these movies and the, all the movies that we kind of fell in love with growing up at your local video store, it's unlikely those movies will get made because there's no way to return the, the money. You know, even if it's a low budget, you can't really pull it out of streaming unless you're part of some streaming group. So I don't know if that makes any sense, but, um, yeah, that's, it's, the times are super different. When I started, it was 35 millimeter. There, there was no internet. There was no streaming. There was no video. People couldn't call movies up at command, at demand. That, that did not exist. You couldn't see any of these films. So you had to wait for some weird movie to come to your local drive-in. And a few of those movies were mine in the 70s. And many more were Roger Corman's before me. Um, and that was the way the world worked. And that morphed into, you know, video, which sort of changed everything and allowed a lot of people to make 
bad movies too. There are plenty of bad ones made, but there were some really good ones made, and many of them have been remade, as we know, into bigger budget films. Most of them are not as good as the original. So yeah, that's kind of where the the world is today. I kind of I miss the video store because that's how I found a lot of things instead of just scroll, 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 right, scroll, right. scroll. You know, you walk up and down the aisles. There's a physical copy. This kind of looks interesting. You don't know if it's going to be bad or if it's going to be good. Uh, you just roll the dice and spent four or five bucks at the time. Um, now with the streaming services, you know, I can just turn it off if I didn't like it. And it, whereas the old days, it was like, oh, by the, I spent four bucks on this. You know, I'm 20 minutes in. I might as well finish the other 60. Right. Well, I look at the streaming site, first of all, since I am lucky to have a streaming site. And I only have one because first I'm a, I, I'm a survivor. No matter what, we just keep, you know, staying around, sticking around. But really, it's because I have a library. I mean, I've had ups and downs. I've had great years and terrible years. But I always kept my movies. So with the exception of some films that I couldn't help but not own, uh, most of the movies I've made, I kept. So when when streaming was happening, I was the first independent out there right after Netflix. And it was easy enough because I own my movies and I've made some hundreds of movies. Um, the It's a different, I look at it like uh, I'm publishing a magazine. So even if I put a movie in there that happens to do really well, more people view it, okay? It doesn't really spit out money anywhere. It just hopefully brings in more subscribers. So you know, if you have a great article by, a, you know, if Stephen King writes a short story, you put, you put it in your horror magazine, theoretically, you'll subscribe or sell more issues because people want to read that article that's exclusively in your magazine. So that's very much what the streaming business is. And the whole goal is to build up enough subscribers so we have enough money to afford better movies and, and bigger budgets. Not to get crazy, but we're still it's still very hard. Uh, even though we're doing well, we've got subscribers. It's not like anything's gone wrong. But, you know, we're like a pebble on the sand compared to Netflix's 160 million subscribers. So, you know, all you can do as a filmmaker is try. And the next year will be the show and tell year because we have 20 features planned. I know it sounds insane. And they're all going to be served up in a, in a couple episodes. So, you know, just shoot your whole wad on day one. So let's say the Lovecraft piece that I'm developing with Billy Butler. It's called Miskatonic You, the, the Resonator. And kind of inspired by a movie I made in the 80s called um, From Beyond. So that will be premiered, whatever it is, sometime late January. It'll be on a, whatever, Friday, whatever the date is, and the exciting conclusion will be the next week. And we do this so that, you know, we have a little bit of something that people look forward to. It helps us reach the goal of having something brand new every week. I mean, we release three or four movies a week, but they're movies we acquire or, or repurpose, or license, you know, we've got hundreds of movies on the channel that aren't mine. I mean, we got hundreds of full moon movies, but I say we have blue underground movies, movies from Europe, you know, Euro horror, Euro trash, sexy movies. But we want to do eventually one or two new full moon movies every week, which is a very lofty goal. But I think we'll get there. And, you know, it, it depends on how the fans support it. And, and at the end of all this spiel, I'm saying you talked about the $4 video that you would rent right and whether you liked it or not so today it's very different for 6.99 you can watch 500 movies i mean you have a month you know so it's it's a super bargain i mean it's i mean when you pick it apart i don't know it's probably three cents a movie or some crazy number unlike the video days where it was even the cheap ones were a couple bucks so 
you can spend a month in, in, at our video store, performmovefeatures.com, and li- literally watch, I don't know, I think there's five, 600 movies or whatever it is. There's lots and lots and lots of movies. And so well, it's, it's a, also 60 bucks for the year. So if you, if you pay up front for it, if this is like your scene, you're still saving money on top of it. Well, the best deal, we, we, we only we can do this because we have so much merch and crazy stuff we've sold and created over the years. So right now, if you sign up for a year and you pay the 60 bucks, you get a free 12 Blu-ray box set of all the Puppet Master movies, which is $120 value. So we're always trying to give something away to something physical away to bring people into the streaming world. So we always have something we're giving away of more value than what you're spending to sign up for a year. Or you sign up for a month and go month to month. So we're doing all that just to bring people on board. Yeah, I'm what they, what's it called? I'm tail end of Gen X, but they started calling us, uh, Xennials or something like that in between <laughs> millennials and, and Gen X. But I, I've always been the believer in a hard copy. Like I have friends that'll sit there and buy video games and they're like, Oh yeah, I just bought the digital copy. And I was like, congratulations when the next system comes up and they decide that they're not going to backdate everything to the last system. Right. You've leased the game. You didn't buy the game. Right. And I, and I like to have the tangible. So the puppet master thing's a great incentive. Yeah. And, and everything we make and everything we license, we do release on DVD and, and recently almost everything on Blu-ray. So we're, you know, that's, that's something that will be always there for collectors. And I'm sort of in a hybrid mode. I mean, once in a while, even though I could turn full moon on and list one of my kids wants to watch one of my older weird movies. In one second, I could be there on full moon features, but I still kind of go to the shelf and find the Blu-ray and dust it off a bit and put it in the machine. You know, it's a, it's a habit. And yes, that stuff is always there. And streaming is sometimes, you know, you also can't get a signal. There's always issues, but it's still an incredibly cost efficient way for people for very few dollars to subscribe to whatever site turns them on. So hopefully they'll come over and have a laugh with Barbie and Kendra storming Area 51. It really, I mean, you saw it, you said, right? Yeah, I did. I mean, it's as silly as it gets. It's pretty oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, but you're enjoying yourself and you're having fun. And I think the audience, especially at Full Moon, are going to enjoy it. Yeah. Yeah. And again, it's, it's not typical of the movies I've made for over 40 years at all. It's, it's sort of unique because of what the, the setup is. But at least we were able to make three features that are entertaining in six months where we've all been sitting at home, you know, we have nice offices at Raleigh studios across from Paramount. They've been just gathering dust for seven months. I mean, we can't go out, you know, with any degree of, you know, comfort and shoot a normal movie. Very tough to do it today until this pandemic uh, lightens up. So at least we're able to create something weird. (laughs) You know, that means you're going to have to have us out there when, when you can finally open up to do, you know, a studio visit. Oh yeah. Oh yes. Sure. (laughs) That's for sure. For sure. Yeah. Um, all right. Let's do this real quick. So let's go back to 1975. Okay. All right. Everything was 35 millimeter, but somehow, you know, you like your college film or your, the film that you trained on, whichever one that like meant so much to you early on, you could remake now with digital. Which one of your classic films would you want to make? Which one of my early movies? Yeah. Would I want to remake? Mm-hmm. Um, especially now that you have digital technology and you don't have the limitations of 35 millimeter. Well, it's a roundabout answer because I am not a fan of CGI in any way. So my entire career, including movie blade, which was a spinoff of puppet master, you know, we just, they're all live puppets or stop motion or rod puppetry, whatever it is. I, I like organic effects. So 
what would I have done differently? I mean, I don't know. It's, yeah, I mean, you could take a movie like Laser Blast, which is a cool film. I mean, I think films that turn out so, so well in their own strange way that they do stand the test of time, like Tourist Trap and other movies I didn't make, Halloween, all the movies of the early 80s. I think it's kind of a disservice to those movies and shows not a lot of imagination for people to remake movies that are terrific. Uh, there are rare exceptions. I, I try to watch most of them just to kind of see what the spin is. And with, again, a few exceptions, they're all not very good. Uh, you know, there's something magic. You, you capture a little magic in the bottle when you make a movie or not. And so, you know, it's, it's, but yeah, you can go back and remake Laser Blast with a bigger budget. Um, and you could have more tricks. Uh, the, the beauty of the digital world, putting aside the CGI argument is that it is much, much less expensive. You know, back in the day, it was all heavy lifting, 35 millimeter, negative, the lab. The lights were enormous. You needed a big crew. Everything was money. So you couldn't really wing it. You had to have a certain amount of money way back then to make a movie. Today, you know, anybody with a little camera with a little bit of technical expertise can make a faux movie. And they can package it and stick it in a little DVD and create a wrap and you know, but but that's not not what great movie. Well, I shouldn't say that. Maybe there's someone out there who can do that with zero training and produce something awesome. But, you know, in the old days, you had to have some background, some theater experience, some experience working with actors. You know, you had you had to bring something to the table to even raise a little money to make a movie because it wasn't five grand. It was, you know, 50, 60, 70 thousand dollars. And that's if everyone worked for free. And that's back in the 70s. So, you know, I don't care how much money you have. We all go to these big blockbuster movies and once in a while you go, oh my God, that was, the script is terrible. You know, it's, you think it's over and it's 90 minutes in and there's another hour and there's five more endings and endless, they beat you on the head with special effects. It's like, get me out of here. Give me some characters I care about, surprise me. I don't want to see New York being blown up or flooded or, you know, it's, we're jaded. You know, none of that matters anymore. That's why one of the great horror movies of all time is The Sixth Sense. You know, unless someone spoiled it for you, you know, be surprised and do something that's different and cool and not the same old stupid stuff. You know, you know. now there have been some great Marvel movies. I mean, you know, Wonder Woman was a terrific film. I mean, Hollywood can make a great movie, but there's no difference between the $200 million tentpole movie and the five grand shoot in your garage movie in the sense that it all starts with a good script. And those hundred pages don't cost any more for the writer who gets two and a half million or the guy who's writing it for 50 bucks. You know, it's talent. It's, it's talent and, you know, the, the imagery and whatever you put on those pages, you know, and that's what separates, you know, many cases, the men and the boys. And there are a lot of big movies that get made and you scratch your head and you go, who wrote the script? And that's another problem. You know, bigger movies are written and rewritten and rewritten. And there's a thousand cooks in the kitchen and sometimes the original thread that made it cool completely disappears. Whereas sometimes on these very low budget movies, especially ones made in the eighties and nineties, you know, someone really, it was a passion project. They found the money. They didn't fuck around with a good script. They got good people involved and they made a movie that stands the test of time. So, I mean, there's a lot of opportunity for sure in this digital world because the price of entry is very inexpensive. You just have to have talents and, you know, hopefully a good idea and know what you're doing. Right. Like recently I, I talked to cast members of the monster squad from 1987 and they recently made a documentary 
based on that feature. And it's one of those movies that everybody loved when they found it, but it didn't hit in 87. And I was one of the kids that was lucky enough to see it in theaters. Um, Are those the type of movies that you want to bring to full moon? The, that have been missing for a while. And yep, just, definitely. I, I think the lineup of movies we'd like to make, providing we, again, providing we bring more subscribers in and uh, yeah, I, I think I have a formula that will allow us to shoot these films safely because the pandemic isn't going away for a while. It's going to get worse. We all know that. Um, but yeah, those are uh, out of the kind of classic empire and full moon mold of movies I've made for a long time. Now, again, they'll be a little different. Um, the running time is different, which is another advantage on streaming. No one says, Hey, this thing was only 62 minutes. It's not a feature. Well, no one cares. You know, you're streaming, you have a million choices. Whereas in the, again, the old days to make a theatrical film that was released on 35, it had to be at least 80 minutes long. Um, to get a movie in the blockbuster, I, I forget what the minimum running time was, but also close to 80 or 78. Because, you know, they're selling it as a movie and you don't want to spend your four or five dollars and feel you're ripped off because, you know, King Kong was like 62 minutes. So, you know, this running time thing is different on a streaming site. Uh, as you'll notice, the Barbie and Kendra show I thought was a lot of fun. It's 50 minutes. That's enough. You know, you, we don't need another 30 minutes. It, it just felt like it was enough running time. So, you know, we may have some shows next year that are 92 minutes and some that are 48 minutes. You know, as long as it's entertaining and fun, nothing's worse than sitting and going, okay, this is, I don't know, I don't know if I want to watch the rest of this thing, or, or oh, God, I, I, when is this over? You know, we, we don't want that either. Yeah, there's, there's a ton of movies in the last five years that I've reviewed that virtually every post sits there and goes, this is 20 minutes too long, this is 15 minutes too long, this is 10 minutes too long. Right. You know, very rarely have they been, this was too short. I mean, every once in a while, right. those will come up. But, you know, if, if you can tell a cohesive story in 48 minutes, 50 minutes, yeah. then you've told, then you've done your job. So yeah. I, I can. It's got to feel satisfying. You know, it's just, it's like, a, it's, it, I don't know. I want to compare it to cooking because I do cook, but you know, there, there's a point where that, that's enough. That works. That's fun. That tastes good. Let's move on. You don't need, and that's my biggest complaint with all these Hollywood big blockbuster movies that, you know, we all love. We want to go, we go to the theater, we get the popcorn. Okay. And then. With few exceptions, it's like, why, why are we still here? It's two hours and 20 minutes. You know, exploitation, sci-fi, fantasy, horror movies, the great ones go back to the, the 30s, the 40s. Uh, Ray Harryhausen, you know, Sinbad, the, the Seventh Voyage of Sinbad, Jason and the Argonauts. These, these movies were, first they were 80, 90 minutes. They were not long films. And the, the effects were sprinkled in. So they were awesome. They were, they, they were rare and they were satisfying. They weren't, uh, you know, and then the characters you cared about, you know, it was character driven and now it's the opposite. Now it's just wall to wall effects. And to me, most of them not cool because they're all CGI. They're all cartoony. They look like a video game. And then you have people. It's like, who are these stupid people? You know, why am I don't care? I and mean, who's that guy? And they all look the same and they talk the same. And so, you know, th- that's an advantage if you're making small, hopefully well crafted films and you can get them out on streaming is you can, you know, surprise people and be clever and do things that people that again the movies of mine that have stood the test of time are all completely out of the box no one was making them at the time and they still play you know they're they're weird some of them are weird but they still play because they're 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 different you know well you did something right to have a career that lasted 40 plus years and your own streaming service um and personally i don't think the movie theater is going to make a comeback as, as quickly as people think or as big as it is i mean we have a century theater not too far from my house 
that's been showing a lot of cl- uh, classic movies and older movies and stuff that was supposed to go straight to VOD that's actually getting a theatrical release right. because James Bond got pushed back till Easter. Right. And that's a movie that I'd love to see. I mean, you know, if someone were to say, I mean, what's, I mean, yeah, Tenet sounds kind of cool, but what is the one movie that I'd like to go to our movie theater, the, the Pacific Theater here, which has been closed for seven months? I'd love to see the Bond movies. So at the end of the day, I think the movie theater experience will only be reserved for these massive tentpole gotta see shows. And, and that's good, but it's going to change because we're all, you know, habits change and our habits have changed. You know, we're not going back to the way things were. Now that you can for $300 fill your wallet with a flat screen and there's amazing entertainment on all these channels, you know, it's, and it plus it's an affordability thing. You know, a family of four or five, they go to the, a new movie. It's like 150 bucks, the movie, the popcorn, they're eating the car, whatever. You know, that's, that's never going to come back because now we're comfortable at home and amazing, um, I hate to word, use the word content, amazing shows are being beamed right into your home. So why would you go back to watch not such a great movie? Right. I think Disney is going to start focusing more so on Disney plus rather than putting it in the theater because it's, it's a hundred percent profit for Disney if they do it Disney plus rather than the 60, 40 or 50, 50 split. Yeah. I mean, look, if, if you have a huge theatrical hit worldwide, cause you know, it's a lot of this is open. A lot of the theaters are open outside of this country. I mean, a lot of countries have, you know, done way better than us with uh, COVID. Uh, you know, a, a big worldwide massive hit still makes a lot of money, but you know, the risk on these mediums and a medium sized movie for a major studio is 20 to 40 million. That's not a big movie. These are crazy numbers. So I think everything's going to shape shift to a, a better space for people who are, who are at home. I mean, look, even right now, even though, you know, I'm waving the full moon flag, let's face it. There's so many good programs. There's so much choice. You know, it's not like there's only three channels and oh crap, but we've watched these two shows and Perry Mason was great back in my day. But there, it's endless, endless amount of entertainment. Now, not all of it is great, but a lot of it is really good. So, you know, it's going to be hard for theaters to turn all that around. Charles, b- before I let you go, where can we find you on social media if we want to connect and talk movies with you? And then remind us about, you know, fullmoonfeatures.com because I know it's six ninety nine if you pay it monthly and 60 bucks for the year flat, fifty nine ninety nine. Right. Uh, if you don't round up that one penny. <laughs> well, you, you also get a $120 Puppet Master box set of Blu-rays, so you can't lose. And that's done really well for us. I mean, I'm happy to give it away. I'm happy to even trade dollars just so people come on board because we have a great lineup. So you can, the easiest way to do it is you go to fullmoonfeatures.com. You can sign up on online. And then you can put the app wherever you want it, however you're watching your shows. I, I watch, I have Apple. So it took me one second and boom, you know, I'm, it's very, I'm very proud of the fact that when you turn my TV on, it says Netflix, Hulu, full moon, you know, I'm right, right. We're right there. Cause it's just the, the, the icon. Uh, or if you're a prime member, you go to just put in full moon features. We we're one of their hundred uh, streaming sites that you can subscribe to. It's the same money. And again, the only difference is we do serve up a little more weird stuff on our app just because Amazon is a little more restrictive. And that's it. And as far as getting in touch, um, you can go to fullmoondirect.com and you have all the links there and all our social media stuff. That's also our web store. It's now, I think, 16 years old, which sounds amazing because 
I remember the first year we launched it, I was so happy that two people bought a little action figure and made $30 of that. Oh, my God. Um, but, no, it's a real vibrant, uh, you know, site and store. And you can link from there. You know, we have we have everything, newsletters, blah, blah, blah. But check out Barbie and Kendra. Or if you don't want to subscribe, you prefer it for, I don't know what it is on Amazon, $3.99, Barbie and Kendra, Storm Area 51. You can just rent it. You know, there, there's that option too. You don't have to subscribe to the site, but for a couple more bucks, you can watch 500 crazy movies. So, and the entire trilogy. Oh yeah, and Corona Zombies. You know, my la- I'm gonna say one last thing about. So, okay, when we released it, some people thought we sucked. We were taking advantage. Other people found the humor in it, and now half a year later, it's it's pretty cool for what it was, especially at the time. That's when people were just discovering that they couldn't get toilet paper. You know, people had no clue. And of course, it's through the eyes of these ditzy girls. So I know one thing for sure that when history books are written in 10 years and by then we'll have seen all the movies you can even stomach about this virus. You know that there'll be the big Hollywood movies. Meryl Streep will be crying on one of these, whatever it is, there'll be some huge amount of movies all about COVID, Corona. But the first movie on planet Earth was Corona Zombies. And and congratulations to you for that. Uh, I think I'm going to have one more follow-up question once we end the interview, but that's just for my personal personal, uh, use. Charles Band, thank you so much. Full Moon Features, $6.99 for one month, $59.99 for the entire year, plus you get an entire box set of of Puppet Master in Blu-ray. There's some crazy, unique, fun, out-of-this-world stuff. I mean, even zombie strippers at one point will get you uh, over the top with some of these things. So I'm thrilled that I got to talk to you today. And thank you so much. Thank you, everyone. Stay safe.